Welcome to the Sustainability Agenda, a podcast series focusing on the evolving complexities of the sustainability landscape with a view on addressing current issues in a concise format to help you navigate and take action. I'm your host, Dominique Barker. Please join me as we explore today's most pressing matters with special guests that will give you some new perspective and help you make sense of what really matters. One of the ideas of Project Carbon was to help alleviate that pain point for the registries and for the clients. So the onboarding process, if you've already onboarded with your bank, which everybody does, then the bank will then give you permission to access the platform via their onboarding process. And so it alleviates a lot of the pain of having one registry onboard every single market participant. Hi, today I'm joined by Robin Green and Ryan Fan, who are part of our capital markets team at CIBC. And the three of us have been working together on an exciting project called Project Carbon. And we press released this back in September 28th. 2021. And it's an exciting project that we have with partners Itau from Brazil, National Australia Bank in Australia, and NatWest in the UK. Welcome, Robin and Ryan. Hi. Hi, Dominique. Robin, why don't we start with describing, we completed a pilot trade on our platform last week. And for those of you who don't know, a pilot trade just means testing it out. It's a bit of a initial testing of a system. Robin, can you describe to our audience the pilot trade that we completed September 28th. Yes, of course. And I think the last time we spoke, we were talking about how we were pulling together all the legal work, all the technology and the operational sort of groups to help us run this pilot transaction, which was a legally binding transfer of ownership of a Vera issued carbon offset between a seller and a buyer. So we were really quite excited about this because all that hard work we'd put in over the month leading up to it was sort of proved out on, on the day of that transaction. Um, and Robin, so- maybe I'll, I'll just interrupt you just to say that Vera is is a carbon registry. And I believe they have approximately 80% of verified credits in existence today. So they're a, a large player in the ecosystem. Sorry, go ahead, Robin. Yeah, thanks, Dominique. And yeah, that was that was really important to point out because yeah, this, this is a mainstream registry. It was really great to work with them and the other participants of the trade as we you know, ran the pilot. So what did we actually do? So we had this uh, Vera issued credits. Now this had come from the Nature Conservancy of Canada, who I'm sure many of you will be aware of. And the objective was to sell that credit Credit to NatWest, that's the NatWest Bank in the UK, who are using that credit uh, or the credits that they bought to actually offset an event that they are running later this year. So in detail or a little bit more detail, how did we run this transaction? Well, as we said, I think the last time, the whole transaction was governed through a, a rule book. And that rule book, which was signed by the buyer and the seller and various other participants of that transaction, really governed the movement of that credit. And, and that's that was really quite important because Generally in the market, the contracts are more bilateral, more bespoke, whereas through the rulebook structure that we ran this transaction under, you've got standard terms. And so whilst this was the first pilot under those standard terms, all subsequent pilots, as we go live, will be running under those standard terms as well. So the market now starts to understand, uh, using our platform, the terms at which the transaction will take place. Great. Thanks, Robin. Ryan, can you discuss the benefits to the buyer and the seller? So as Robin said, the seller or the project developer was the Nature Conservancy of Canada Darkwoods Project, which is based in British Columbia, Canada. Can you describe the benefits to both the buyer and seller? Sure. The easiest way to explain it is to understand what the current construct is right now. And as Robin said, they're bilateral contracts and they're fraught with counterparty risk. And so by having banks act as intermediaries through this platform, it ensures the proper settlement and it reduces the credit risk to simply 
the buyer facing its own bank and the seller facing its own bank. And so thus no longer are, are you facing that credit risk against the buyer or the seller directly. And Ryan, that's important because I think what people don't understand is in the voluntary carbon markets today is sort of this, you know, you might enter a transaction in a website and you have no idea where that money is going. So having the role of that bank to step in, like, you know, what the, the role of the bank is trust. And so we're re- removing that friction. What other benefits are there? Well, beyond the actual s- settlement of it, what's really good for the whole ecosystem, not just buyers and sellers, is the ease with which these credits get retired. So if you think about the ecosystem as it currently stands, registries like Vera take on multiple roles. And the original purpose of Vera was truly to create protocols against which projects can be measured and accredited and basically earn credits to be sold. But beyond that now, they're onboarding clients. There's their manual process of retiring the credits. So that onboarding process can be handled by our platform where banks have significant experience and expertise to onboard clients at scale. One of the ideas of Project Carbon was to help alleviate that pain point for the registries and for the clients. So the onboarding process, if you've already onboarded with your bank, which everybody does, then the bank will then give you permission to access the platform via their onboarding process. And so it alleviates a lot of the pain of having one registry onboard every single market participant. So I think some of the feedback that we heard from both the Nature Conservancy of Canada when they were selling the credit was the ease, like the removing of the friction that they felt. They had to enter into all these bespoke contracts. I think, Robin, you mentioned that and Ryan, you, you alluded to it as well. And when we spoke to NatWest, they felt the same way. There was just so much work that went into developing a relationship with the credits. And so we're just really removing quite a bit of friction from the whole process, which of course means more money for the project developer and less time spent and less effort spent and less expenses, legal expenses, et cetera, on the actual project. Any other points you want to, features or benefits that you, you want to point out, Ryan? For this particular pilot, no, I think that it served its purpose in, in defining the rule book, which Robin had alluded to. I think that's of significant value, like you said, in terms of re- reducing the friction. Now, I can talk a little bit later on about you know, where we're going to be going next on this, how we can leverage the work that we've done. Okay, Robin, let's go back to the pilot and talk about some of the challenges. And clearly with a pilot, there's always challenges. Can you just talk, th- or maybe not, can you tell, and you, I know you have a lot of experience in leading some of these projects. Can you talk about some of the things that we learned or some of the challenges that we faced? Yes. So I think the, the key, we've talked about reducing the friction, uh, and that was a, a central part of the objective of what we were doing. But we also wanted to ensure that the integrity of the transaction was still as good as it currently is through, through the existing contract. So a lot of time and effort was spent with our legal teams ensuring that those standardized terms did in fact give the same rights of ownership as the, the existing bilateral bespoke contracts, but obviously in a lower friction way. Uh, and also the exchange of ownership, making sure that that process was, whilst again, low friction, was operationally very sound and had all these sort of credit and settlement characteristics that we were looking for, Ryan described. So I think a lot of time was spent working with our legal counsel, working with our technology and operations teams to make sure that all those things sort of came together. And yeah, you know, the pilot itself, when when it came to the day, you know, it took a few days to get that over the line. And I think there were some, you know, as you'd expect with any such you know, first endeavor, we were just making sure all the terms were agreeable to all parties and you know, all the right signatures are in the right places. But we, we got through that. We accomplished that. We ran the transaction. We learned a lot from that. Uh, and I think, Ryan, you suggested you maybe you can talk a little bit around some of the future transactions we, we aim to run, also running off these foundations that we've now set with that first trade. 
great. So Ryan, why don't you get into that? Where is this going in the future? Maybe talk a little bit about uh, some of the visibility that you see going forward. Our, our first pilot was exactly that, the first pilot. Uh, we expect to run a few more pilots to add functionality and capability to the platform. And our, what our first pilot really taught us was that clients really want to get involved. The outreach from clients to us, us being Project Carbon, all of the four banks, is there is an emergency here that needs to be addressed. And we're basically trying to figure out, okay, so what market functionality is really needed? And this input from clients, from ecosystem players, has been really crucial. And so we'll be developing a few more pilots with the added functionality. Currently, we are in discussions with a number of select financial institutions as well to join the platform. The only way this works is if we have scale. And the scale doesn't work with just four banks. And so our intention is to expand the number of banks that participate on the platform over time. And so we're in discussions with that. And in addition, we are looking at possibly functionality down the road where credits are generated in a data-driven way as well. And so we are looking at all facets of this marketplace and we continue to have conversations with existing ecosystem players. And even post this first pilot, they're all confirming that there is this need for this global settlement layer. Right. And this has been such a great project to work on. I mean, the team across all four banks, it's been really fun. Now, you mentioned scale, and I know we've had this question from someone, well, what's the big problem? I can just, I can buy a credit today. But if we're to really scale this market, we need the banks involved and we need to have an ecosystem that's working together and collaborating together to solve this global problem. And maybe one other thing that I would add is the work of the TSVCM or Task Force on Scaling Voluntary Carbon Markets. You can Google that to see more information. But they're on the cusp of coming out with core carbon principles or CCPs. And that should help define the direction of the voluntary carbon markets. And maybe, Robin, do you want to remind us how big we expect this market to be, according to um, a recent McKinsey report? Yeah, yeah, there are many estimates out there, but yeah, the, the McKinsey report you're suggesting, as I recall, as uh, 2030, it was uh, suggesting is it one and a half billion to two billion tons of uh, offsets uh, required. So really, quite significant. And I think that's like 15 or 20 times bigger than today's market, right? So it's, it could be quite significant and we're very motivated to help scale this market and to play our role. Ryan, Robin, thank you so much for your insights. This is podcast number two with you. I want to thank you for coming back. And I know we're going to have you back on. I know there's a lot more evolution to come on this project. Thank you. Thanks, Dominique. Thanks, Dominique. Please join us next time as we tackle some of sustainability's biggest questions, providing different perspectives to help you move forward. I'm your host, Dominique Barker, and this is The Sustainability Agenda. The materials disclosed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and subject to our code of conduct as well as IROC rules. The information and data contained herein has been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable without independent verification by CIBC Capital Markets and to the extent that such information and data is based on sources outside CIBC Capital Markets, we do not represent or warrant that any such information or data is accurate, adequate, or complete. Notwithstanding anything to the contrary herein, CIBC World Markets Inc. and or any affiliate thereof shall not assume any responsibility or liability of any nature in connection with any of the contents of this communication. This communication 
communication is tailored for a particular audience and accordingly this message is intended for such specific audience only. Any dissemination, redistribution, or other use of this message or the market commentary contained herein by any recipient is unauthorized. This communication should not be construed as a research report. The services, securities, and investments discussed in this report may not be available to nor suitable for all investors. Nothing in this communication constitutes a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any specific investments discussed herein. Speakers on this podcast do not have any actual implied or apparent authority to act on behalf of any issuer mentioned in this podcast. The commentary and opinions expressed herein are solely those of the individual speakers, except where the author expressly states them to be the opinions of CIBC World Markets, Inc. The speakers may provide short-term trading views or ideas on issuers, securities, commodities, currencies, or other financial instruments, but investors should not expect continuing analysis, views, or discussion relating to those instruments discussed herein. Any information provided herein is not intended to represent an adequate basis for investors to make an informed investment decision and is subject to change without notice. CIBC Capital Markets is a trademark brand name under which Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, CIBC, its subsidiaries and affiliates provide products and services to our customers around the world. For more information about these legal entities, as well as the products and services offered by CIBC Capital Markets, please visit www.cibccm.com.